Hi, welcome to our historical podcast. So, Taylor, what do you think the 1950s were like? Well, I think the 1950s were centered around a family life and that they were a really stable period in American history. Well, actually, the textbook has it wrong. The 50s were an era of change, a lot of change. According to almost every website on the internet, too, the 50s, by definition, were a time of conformity and stability before the evils of the 60s. Upon further examination of the 50s and 60s, we see that this perspective is not set in stone and there was much more to this time period. Today, I, Julia, will be talking about the baby boom in Levittown along with the change into the use of the birth control pill. I, JB, will be touching on foreign policy and the increase and decrease of tensions between the USSR and America along with the effect it had on American society. I, Ellie, will be speaking about the civil rights movement's progress during this time period and how it inspired change amongst conformity. And I, Taylor, will be giving insight into the different perspectives on the economy throughout the 50s and 60s. The original Chapter 36 title of the American Pageant textbook, American Zenith, did not fully introduce the extent of society and the effects of the economy, civil rights, and the Cold War continuing. Nineteen fifty two to nineteen sixty three was a time of foreign policies that were an effective change of presidency or tensions between the US and the Soviet Union during the Cold War. The Eisenhower Doctrine was the main demonstration of Dwight Eisenhower's or Ike's foreign policy. Eisenhower's doctrine stated that America would use armed forces as a response to any aggression towards America or any Middle Eastern country could ask America for aid economically or militarily if they were threatened with armed or imminent aggression. Think of it like America protecting these poorer nations from a bully, the Soviet Union. Basically, the presidential administration of Eisenhower promised massive retaliation with their nuclear weapons in the face of aggressive enemies, mainly the USSR. Eisenhower's main belief, the domino theory, included the idea that if one country fell to communism, others would fall similarly to dominoes. The effective change behind this was Truman's ideals of containment, continuing into Eisenhower's presidency. This domino theory was used as justification to aid South Vietnam in the Vietnam War. This Vietnam War was a surrogate war in some eyes between America and the USSR and led to an increase of tensions. The effective change on this war was the previously mentioned domino theory where Eisenhower reassured his advisors that if Vietnam were to fall to communism, the rest of Southeast Asia would soon follow. Back with another surrogate war was the Hungarian Revolution. The Hungarian army and citizens tried to declare independence after a rigged voting scandal. But Soviet forces quickly crushed this rebellion. Starting in the 1960s was the U-2 incident where the USSR shot down one of America's spy planes, making America high on the lookout for out-of-the-ordinary Soviet activity. The space race was a major aspect of the early 60s and an effective change. The USSR sent a human around the world for the first time. Obviously, this was a major blow to American pride and caused great fear within the society because of the possibilities held by the Soviets as the Cold War worsened. American scientists also began to increase work on coming up with a way to surpass the Soviets in said space race. 
Similar to the Hungarian Revolt was another surrogate war, the Bay of Pigs invasion. Cubans, with the help of America, attempted to overthrow Fidel Castro. Major failure occurred when the Soviets shut this down. It could be argued that the Cuban Missile Crisis was the closest America and the Soviets were to nuclear war, or that this was the event that raised tensions the most. The Cuban Missile Crisis was very confusing for the U.S. when Soviets hid missiles in Cuba, and America did not have a solution. Kennedy and his advisors were forced to stay on high alert and make extremely important and smart decisions to avoid nuclear war. Eventually, the Soviets retrieved the missiles as long as Kennedy would not invade Cuba. McCarthyism was a big part of the 50s, very much affecting American society. The constant fear that one's own neighbor was working with the communists to take down the democracy of America was experienced throughout the nation. Many government officials and even Hollywood stars were accused of or exposed of being part of the omnipresent collection of Soviet spies. The Baby Boom in Levittown to the Pill a change between 1952 to 1962. Beginning with the summary, the baby boom in American society was a time period of increased birth rates, specifically during the 1950s. In years past, the Great Depression and World War II led to a delay in marriage, and especially in birth rates. Couples believed having children during these two devastating events in history was not exactly ideal for their families. But after the end of World War II, Americans experienced a sort of economic prosperity which was accompanied by a surge in population growth. To give some statistics, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, between 1946 and 1964, there were a total of 76 million births in the U.S. Today, there are about 65.2 million living boomers. The baby boomer generation was a historically important one. From influencing American fashion to rejecting and redefining traditional values, the baby boomer generation has made a lasting impact on America, as well as its course of history. Let's go all the way back to 1950 America. The baby boom has just begun and young couples are ready to plant roots for their family. The first ever American suburb, Levittown, is created. Developer William Levitt turned farmland to suburban homes with his own single hands. An article on HuffPost.com entitled Levittown, The Baby Boomer Story as Told by the Children of America's First Suburb, offers first-hand accounts of a boomer's life and experiences living in Levittown. Boomer Steve Bergsman answers some questions about life in Levittown. When asked why Levittown, Steve replied with, Quite simply, it was the first town built specifically in response to the frenzy of baby-making that followed World War II. Even before they could talk, the country was changing to accommodate the boomer babies, and their sheer numbers ensured that this was not the last time that such adjustments would be necessary. When they struck out from in, from home in search of new experiences, they brought us Woodstock. And when they cut our hair, settled down, and began worrying about the safety of our own kids, they gave us Reagan. Basically, Steve is saying how America and the government was constantly fending for the baby boomer generation, knowing that they would become a generation of change and importance. When asked more about life in 1950s Levittown, Steve said, You could argue that Levittown was where it all began, and many have. It was little boxes on the hillside. It was souped-up Fords and Chevys. It was greasy hair and poodle skirts, which gave way to miniskirts and black eyeliner and a flip. For many of the town's children, it was an American Eden, full of amazing freedom and profound innocence. The story of Levittown reflects one aspect of growing up a boomer. 
From the time period of 1952 to 1962, there was change. Parents of baby boomers differed from their growing older children or boomers. As the generation of baby boomers grew up, many of them recognized how their lives would be different from their parents. In response to the baby boom, in 1960, the first oral contraceptive became available to women, the birth control pill. From the 50s to the 60s, American society faced changes left and right. From traditionalism and conformity to change and rebellion, the birth control pill was one way young women in the 60s took control of their lives. Not wanting as many kids as their mothers, baby boomer women used the pill as a way of taking control over their own bodies. This is just one huge monumental change for women's rights, women's reproductive and health rights, and for the baby boomer generation as a whole. The baby boomer generation was influential to today's America due to their ability to have created change. Throughout the 1950s, the civil rights movement really took off and started making its mark on the world. Up until this point, the idea and desire for equality was circulating, but nothing monumental was being done about it. What changed this trend was the start of school desegregation throughout the nation. In the Brown v. Board of Education case, the Supreme Court controversially decided that racial segregation in schools was unconstitutional. This legally ended school segregation, which was a major victory, but it didn't really have that much effect in ending the racist practice throughout American schools. The brave children that used their rights and went to formerly all-white schools faced violent discrimination at every turn. This included the Little Rock Nine, who were nine black students that attempted to go to a public high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, after the Supreme Court made their decision. They were faced with so much backlash, discrimination, and violence that the president needed to send in federal troops to protect them, which still didn't work. Although school segregation did not completely go away, making it illegal with this case greatly helped start the journey towards its downfall and inspired the black community to continue working towards progress. This progress and other circumstances of extreme discrimination, like the murder of young Emmett Till, who died just because he was accused of flirting with a white woman, encouraged the civil rights protesters to take a new approach of nonviolence. In 1955, Rosa Parks became one of the most prominent leaders of the movement by demonstrating what an effective nonviolent protest truly was. On December 1st, Parks refused to accept the discrimination she was facing by not giving up her seat on a Montgomery bus to a white man when asked. This action was what fueled the year-long Montgomery bus boycott. For the rest of this decade, the leaders of the civil rights movement were focused on bringing the community together with the goal of nonviolent progress. Martin Luther King Jr. was arguably the most influential leader, coordinating many protests and inspiring his followers to keep going with their fight. Under his leadership, with the help of many others, the approach of nonviolence was successful in showing that the black community was not what white society depicted it to be even though they were countered with unimaginable amounts of, of violence. The 1950s were a time of change and progress for the civil rights movement, but also in a way, a time of conformity. The view of black citizens and their inclusion in society was what was changing. White citizens, or at least most of them, were threatened by these changes and were attempting to retreat back into conformity. The changes that occurred amidst conformity were monumental for this movement and the nation as a whole.
On the surface, the 1950s and early 60s were a time of economic prosperity in America. After the detrimental effects that the Great Depression had on society and the economy, the U.S. finally had a stable and flourishing economy again after World War II. The economy was not only flourishing, but was becoming more inclusive. Although it was not perfect or completely changed, women and minorities were becoming more involved in the economy. This inclusivity can be attributed to both the women's rights movement and the civil rights movement. The changing society in America also affected the economy. We see a successful consumer society emerge after World War II and continue into the 1950s. The economy was now driven by the stimulation of consumers. This was a new concept in America after the Great Depression. American people as a whole spent with more intent and thought and understood the benefits of saving their money. People learned how to manage money and credit. Although there will always be people spending irresponsibly, this type of irresponsible spending was on a rapid decline in the 1950s. The stock market was now stable and flourishing, unlike during the Great Depression. The amount of unemployment in America rapidly decreased as well as the poverty rates. The amount of middle-class people in steady-income homes was higher than ever in America. President Dwight D. Eisenhower worked in favor of the economy. He changed the spending of the government that he believed was calling, causing inflation and tweaked the American economy. Some economic success can be attributed to Eisenhower, but he didn't single-handedly change the economy. The economic success in the 1950s was caused by many factors, including the American people and World War II. Overall, the economy of the U.S. in the 1950s and early 60s was flourishing. It was everything that people in the Great Depression wanted for the economy. This was finally being fulfilled. By looking through the different perspectives of the time, one is able to fully focus on the effect that foreign policy and the Cold War had on America. The 50s were not actually this decade of perfection. Many Americans were against Eisenhower's sole focus on containment and threats and believed America needed to find another way to prove their strength, possibly through violence. Other citizens backed Eisenhower's theories and other citizens believed Eisenhower was doing too much. There was controversy about the Vietnam War as it began and the immense fear brought about by the Cuban Missile Crisis, which led to majoring differing, major differing opinions among Americans. Social controversy was also building up as America continued its facade of perfectionism, which slowly leaked into politics. While looking at it from a viewpoint of today, I, along with everyone else, has differing opinions on what the government did well regarding foreign policy and what each individual believes could have been done better. Within the time period we are focusing on, it's made evident that something had to be done right because America stayed out of nuclear war with the Soviets. To answer our essential question of different perspectives on 1950s America, looking at the perspective of Steve Bergsman, it is easier to understand more fully what life in Levittown was like for a baby boomer. When Steve described the fashion and automobiles found in Levittown, it gives us a better understanding of the full effect of change that was happening. 
In the American pageant textbook, the 1950s are depicted as a time of happiness and good family life. However, in reality, this depiction is not realistic because it doesn't take into account the lives and well-being of black citizens. Looking at this time period from the perspective of someone facing the struggles of being a black citizen in America, like Rosa Parks, shows the extent to which this view of the 50s is wrong because of the suppressed lives of these citizens. Parks's actions were fueled by the mistreatment she was facing from society and were a great example of the pain and discrimination the black community in America faced. With her nonviolent protest, Rosa Parks showed that the black citizens of the nation were done with the horrible treatment they were receiving and that they were not the people the media and society made them look like. By looking at this decade from Parks' perspective, it is clear that it was not a time of prosperous family life for all, solely based on skin color. This 1950s economy was everything that America wanted at the time of the Great Depression. The economy of the 1950s seemed really great, right? Well, like I said, that was on the surface. The 1950s still were a great time for the American economy. Many people had improved lives and economic statuses, but this was not the case for everyone. The fact that this was not the case for everyone is not being said to discount the successfulness of the 1950s economy. This is purely to show the different perspectives and how, even though the 1950s were a time of economic flourishment, that was not the case for every single person in America. The change of the economy affected many people in many different ways. I have already informed you about the benefits this change had for some people. Now I will tell you about the people who were not so lucky. With this boost in the economy, prices rose. Not all wages or incomes could support these rising prices. For many workers, real income declined. This led to labor unrest in the post-war era of the 50s. Even though unemployment was low, that did not mean that all jobs were paying enough to keep up with this growing economy. This was detrimental to some people's lives. Through these different perspectives and how the change in the economy in the 1950s affected different people, we see that not everything is the way it seems. Although the 50s may have seemed like a great time period for the economy, this was true for many, but not true for everybody. So when you think of the 1950s economy, maybe now you'll see it in a different light. The original chapter title, American Zenith, did not fit all of the categories and changes that occurred throughout the 1950s and early 1960s. I, Jamie, spoke and learned about how much the foreign affairs of the time affected society. The changes that took place, whether it be an increase or decrease of tensions or presidential administration theories, proves that different perspectives of said change do not completely fit the textbook chapter. Julia's take on the changes in society regarding topics such as the baby boom and the pill introduced the idea of controversy and the opposition of the previously assumed conformity of the time. When speaking of the civil rights movement and the desegregation of schools, Ellie furthers the idea of controversy and nonconformity, another aspect of change and perspective. Finally, Taylor's segment on the economy proved the idea that although from the outside, America in the 1950s looked like it was prospering financially. 
but the benefits had consequences such as labor income decline. All four topics incite the objective that the textbook did not cover all perspectives of the time period. Although the 1950s seemed like a time of perfection and conformity, a deeper look proves that change and perspective play the part of exposing the changing foreign affairs, society's expectations, civil rights movements, and an economy of consequences. Thank you.